T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in everybody to a peppy edition of Sports Daily today is, uh, uh, listen, it's just a good day to be alive, Tommy. We're here. Here we go. Here we We're go. We're here, baby. I, I was wondering how long it would take to hear from you, and here we go. We're less than five seconds into the show. You know, it's only been about 12 years. You're going to have to give it to me. The, the Rangers advance to the ALCS. Hello, everybody. I'm Jacob Albrock, uh, alongside Tommy Castor, Max Power in producing for us this week. Uh, if you'd like to celebrate alongside me here, uh, you can feel free to do that on the IHOP hotline at 869-1240. It's a great time of the year if you're a baseball fan of a team that's still alive. Uh, and, you know, here we go. By the way, Guy Alp Hotline, how about the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles? Golden brown Belgian waffle topped with four crispy chicken strips to- tossed in a spicy Nashville hot sauce. Uh, but you can get in touch with us there. we got a lot coming up today on the show. It'll be a busy day. We can get into those Major League Baseball playoffs, which continue today with a bunch of games, three games. Um, we have that. We have uh, the Chiefs. Getting ready for the Broncos, we'll begin to dig into that a little bit more today. Uh, potentially big news coming or potentially uh, nothing burger coming for KU. Finally, it sounds like, according to multiple reports now, that we'll get a ruling on the Billy Preston de Silvio de Sosa situation stemming way back from that 2017 FBI investigation. We'll kind of take you back through that, tell you what's been reported, and maybe some expectations of what could come. We'll do that in just a little bit, Tommy. Uh, But it is a good day to be here. Thanks for tuning in here on KFH. Thanks for watching on our video streams, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, all available for you. Also streaming on the Odyssey app, of course, for free. Uh, Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm good. I was really happy for you last night. I watched um, a good part of that game. I mean, it was basically a blowout. So, um, you know, not a whole lot of high drama I didn't feel like in the game last night for the Rangers to sweep, but happy for you. Uh, you know, they've been dominant. Uh, they they honestly have been I mean, getting through getting through the wild card series the way they did against the the, the Rays. And then, of course, what they did against the Orioles. Um, man, they, they look like the team to beat right now in the American League. They have been a very streaky team all year, and they are on the good side of a streak right now. And the hope is with what's going to be a few days off here, they can continue it. But what it does allow them to do is reset a rotation 
Tommy, and quick aside into the weeds, this isn't like a Rangers show. We can talk about it if you call in and want to. They could get two of their starters back for the next series. Max Scherzer and John Gray, who have both been hurt, could potentially come back for the ALCS. So now what was very thin and shaky uh, rotation as far as depth-wise, it now gets gets some some bullets back in the chamber. And, you know, maybe even some shifting around to where people can can help out in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting. Like, I don't want Max Scherzer to come in and, you know, mess up what they've got going right now, but I'm certainly glad he's there, right? Like, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's it's good timing, and we'll see if they can maintain it through. They're a streaky team. They have been. They have been all year, and they're on the good side of one right now. And listen, if you're an Orioles fan, you should feel pretty good about the future of this organization. They're not going yeah. anywhere, you know. And, and I think that we talked about it, I think, last week. Um, that they might be a little bit ahead of schedule, actually, with the way that that team is built. Oh, I mean, super. There's no question. Super young stars, and and I mentioned it before the you know the, this series started with the Rangers, and and just said that I really feel like when it comes to playoff baseball, we know about teams getting hot and streaky, but also the experience in the postseason matters too. And, and I know that really, like the Rangers haven't been there in a while, but generally speaking, that's why teams like the Astros and the Dodgers and, you know, whatever typically tend to do fairly well in the postseason because those players have been there quite a bit. The Orioles haven't, that young team hasn't, the, the young core of stars, they haven't been there. They have been now. And, you know, they, they're going to get battle tested. The longer that this team can stay together in Baltimore, they're, they're going to have a lot more chances, I think, at the postseason. Uh, they will. They're they're two years removed, I believe, from a hundred plus loss season. Yep. So you know, for Royals fans, there's hope out there for sure. You just hope that you can get there uh, that quickly. Now they don't. The Royals don't have nearly the farm system that the Orioles had when they lost a hundred games. The Orioles have had a great farm system, you know, for a while, and it's coming to fruition. But we'll see. It, it's you feel you feel bad for teams like the Orioles who had this you know, just unreal season for it to come crashing down. But we've all been there, right? I mean, Rangers have certainly yeah. been there, right? It took it took really their entire existence until 2010 to win a playoff game. The Twins finally just, you know, snapped that streak, and we hope that, you know, they can beat the Astros today. Again, join me in, uh, in rooting against the Astros, everybody. No offense. Well, actually, yes, offense intended to to the Astros fans out there. Uh, they looked we're good in, yesterday. We're in the they jumped out. Yeah, they did. They jumped out to an early lead. It was like four nothing in the first inning, and um, I flipped it on here at work. And I I came in midway through the first inning. I'm like, oh my god, it's already four nothing yeah. Astros. I uh, um, they don't they, have like any I, holes. like I, yeah, and like I mentioned again, they've been there so many times. They know how to do it. And what's really interesting is. You look at the Astros and what they've done in the postseason this this year so far, and of course they're you know they're leading the series. The Twins you know still have a chance, but what they've been able to do with their experience, and then on the flip side, what's happening to the Dodgers, who should be in the same boat as the Astros, but the Diamondbacks are running all over LA right now. So it's kind of a tale of two teams that have been in the postseason a lot in the last five or six years on how things are going for them right now. Yeah, and you'll hear, you know, some talk with the Dodgers struggling and the Orioles just getting swept about, you know, this new format and the break that the teams have to play. And I said that before the postseason started. That's the only thing you could find in it that might be a little concerning. However, the Braves and Astros have both won a game in their series. So, like, I, I, I don't – the format is still good, and you'd still like to win, and you'd still like to make it through. 
That's the bottom line. I mean, the, the Rays didn't take the break, and they got swept, and they had a great regular season. Base, postseason baseball's always been about the hottest team. Look at the Phillies last year. That's just the way it sort of works. So we'll see. The Major League Baseball playoffs, hey, look, if you're there. And if you haven't paid attention the last couple of years at the genuine heat uh, between Astros and Rangers, that series could get really interesting. Like, they do not like each other. They have fought. They have done all kinds of stuff in that series, and it is going to be nasty if that's the way it ends up. But the uh, the Twins still have life. They're down two games to one. Uh, they send Joe Ryan to the mound tonight against uh, your Quiddy. That game's at six. Your Braves look for, you know, the advantage in the series against the Phillies. No series will be decided there. I mean, the Phillies certainly have a pitching advantage tonight, Tommy. Um, and then the Dodgers and Diamondbacks get going a little later uh, tonight as well as the Dodgers try and cling to life behind Lance Lynn, uh, Chelsea Messenger's favorite starting pitcher, our betting expert. If you've listened to the show, you know that there's like a love-hate relationship there. Uh, but a lot of baseball today. Love it. Yep. It's going to be an interesting game with the Braves and Phillies. The, last year, the, these two teams split in Atlanta, just like what they're doing this year. They split you know, the, the, the games in Atlanta, the first two games. And then the Braves went to Philadelphia and got absolutely blown out last year by a combined score of 17 to four in the divisional round against the Phillies. That was when the Phillies were extremely hot, hottest team in baseball, all of that. Uh, and so the Braves are, are looking to avoid that same fate this season in Philadelphia. But you mentioned the pitching advantage. You know, I, I don't exactly know. I haven't seen for sure what the Braves are doing for pitching tonight. There was speculation that it was either going to be Bryce Elder pitching or that they would go to an opener and then have a bullpen game. Don't exactly okay. know what direction they're I going on that. I see Smith Shaver listed. Okay, so, so, never yeah, heard so of he's, a, he's a rookie. He's the top prospect in the Braves organization. He pitched pretty well this season for Atlanta. But again, it's postseason baseball. In, and, and I've seen Citizens Bank Park this postseason. Like, it is raucous. And so I can't imagine being a rookie if that's the guy that's going to get the ball for Brian Snicker's team. Being in that atmosphere in Philadelphia, I'm a gonna big Braves hit. fan. I'm a big Braves fan, as you hit. know, but, man, advantage Philadelphia if that's the pitching matchup. Yeah, and, and it'll probably be a bullpen game. They're going to have to hit. That's the thing. And, the, and, you know, the Rangers have had two things happening. They're red hot, but until the last two games, they've sort of left too much out there. Their pitching's been really good, and their bullpen's been pretty good. Yeah. Like things that, you know, the starting pitching has been fine all year, even despite the injuries. The bullpen has not, and they are finding somewhat of a groove. Chapman was not good last night. I mean, he is a total crapshoot at this point. And, and it just, like, you sit here and you watch it as a Rangers fan, and you're like, okay, can they maintain? Because I don't know when the CS starts. I don't know if that's technically been announced yet. But it's like, can they maintain this offense through? And I'm going to say this. Corey Seager, Tommy, is... I wonder what we would think of him nationally had he not missed the 40 games this year because he's had an MVP season even despite that. Like, if Shohei Otani wasn't there, Corey Seager might be the MVP despite missing 40 games this year. And that's, you know, 25% of the games. And what he's, like, in the postseason, nine walks in a three-game series? Like, that's Barry Bonzian. Like, right. it's just been crazy didn't he have a him. game? Was it in the wild card series when he walked five times in a game? It was, it was game two of this series. Okay. Oh, this um, series. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and they've. It's just wild to see, and and it makes me remember back. And he has said these things now, 
like remember when he was the World Series MVP and sort of the impact he's had on some postseasons. And that's encouraging, too, as a Rangers fan. But he said it. He said a part of the appeal to coming to Texas is, like, I remember how much that meant when we finally got it done in L.A. The fact that I could help Texas do the same thing was a big reason to come here. But anyway, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs continue. We can talk about that on the IHOP hotline if you would like. Tommy, real quick, uh, we'll sort of set this up and then we'll dig in after a break here because it may take some time. So yesterday... Uh, The reports come down fairly soon after we went off the air that the IARP, which is the new, you know, well, the new and dying panel that has taken over KU's case. When we think back, you got to think all the way back, right, to the Silvio de Sosa, Adidas, you know, FBI investigation and all this. It has taken this long, and KU is the last team sort of to be ruled on. So that news came out that that the expectation is that will come today. I reached out to the university. I didn't hear anything back, which isn't that surprising, right? That I, I didn't know if that was something they were ready to just talk about or if they were just going to ignore it. Uh, most of that reporting was done through sourcing, not you know, not anonymously, but sourcing that wasn't like directly named. So. They haven't said anything about it, but it's coming from enough places now where it seems like it's pretty rock solid. So at any point today, we're just sort of waiting for that to come down. I, I and and we'll take this break and we'll cue this up so KU fans get ready. But I know that there's like there's probably a more overwhelming thought that this won't be that big a deal. But boy, until we see it. You don't know if it's going to be a big deal. And that, to me, like, it's been a long time where it's just sort of a little bit in the head there of, like, what could come here. So uh, let's take this break. That's what happened yesterday. We'll we'll get into what this even is, if you don't remember, where it all comes from, what it means, and what could happen today. And a little precedent, maybe, on what's happened in some other places to try and Uh, prepare you for the news that could potentially come. So we'll talk about KU's infractions case uh, on Sports Daily. You can call in, be a part of that conversation on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Glad to be here with you on this hump day. We have Kevin Saul, Wichita State's athletic director, coming up at the top of the next hour. Uh, Do want to uh, ask him about, you know, the lack of love in the AAC preseason rankings and how Shocker Madness went and all of these things. We'll do that at the top of the next hour. Looking forward to all of it with you on this Wednesday. I'll Brockton Caster coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Chiefs play tomorrow on Thursday Night Football. You will hear that game over on KNSS. You'll hear the national call right here on KFH, Chiefs Radio Network on KNSS. By the way, can't get enough Chiefs coverage? Check out Locked on Chiefs, a daily Chiefs podcast, which is free on the Odyssey app. You can follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Tommy, we'll get to the Chiefs in just a little bit. Let's talk about this KU situation. Um, So we sort of set it right there before the break. This all should end now this long investigation. So we'll take you all the way back. This is the 2017 Adidas investigation. People are arrested. There's like a corruption in college basketball case. KU initially, and this involves Silvio DeSosa and potentially Adidas working as a booster for the university, KU initially painted itself, and so did the FBI, as victims in all this of fraud from Adidas. And so we went from that, which was the initial thing, to KU getting charged with a bunch of stuff by the NCAA, five level one infractions, which is the most any of these schools was charged with. And then so we went from that shift there, and KU has been defiant in this all the way through until last year when they self-opposed suspensions for Bill Self, for Curtis Townsend. Uh, They gave themselves recruiting restrictions. They basically did, Tommy, last year, all the things that, like, Louisville got handed down from this ruling. Okay, so they've done that, and they had been defiant before that. That seems strategic, right, if we're just reading between the lines. This case is not with the NCAA anymore. So the NCAA has handed this case off to the IARP, which is an independent panel of people, to rule on it. That group has handled all of these cases except for Oklahoma State. Back to that in a second. So nobody's had a postseason ban out of the group that the IARP has ruled on. Although, on the flip side, none of these schools were were charged with five level one violations like KU was. The only school that has received a postseason ban is Oklahoma State, who did not go through this panel, but instead self-reported into the NCAA. They got the postseason ban. So lesson learned, right? Don't self-report anything if you want to know why these schools do this and drag this out. So now it comes down to today. KU has had more serious charges, but there is no precedent from this group of a postseason ban. I think that's the KU optimist take there. 
And we'll just have to see what happens. The other piece of this that's strange is this group, like basically after this ruling, this group is dead. Like it's disbanding. Um, and, and, you know, the things that were going on, if they had happened today, would probably have easily found themselves within the rules. So I know that and, – and I probably fall in this camp too. It's like, God, who cares, right? Like pull down a banner, whatever you got to do, nobody cares. As long as you don't punish the current players, which a postseason ban would do, but the reality is that ruling still has to come down. And until it does, KU's not out of the woods on this. Listen, the, the landscape is entirely different in October of 2023 than it was in 2017 when these alleged violations were said to have occurred with the University of Kansas. I have a really, really difficult time thinking that these sanctions, whatever they are, that are handed down by the IARP are going to be significant at all. And I think that's for a variety of reasons, and a lot of them you mentioned, including the fact that this is a lame duck committee. Like, they're done. They're done after this particular decision. Um, but that could make them been, dangerous, too. Like, but, I mean, they, but, but it's been made clear by the NCAA that they don't see really a, a function for this committee to operate moving forward. And so they're disbanding it. It's going away. It's, it's completely done. Also, the precedent with this committee has been really, I think, a little bit more of lighter uh, consequences for some of these schools. Now, if this was actually being governed by the NCAA proper, it might be a different different story entirely. But the right, fact that this they is gave a, Oklahoma State exactly a right, yeah. this is quote unquote an independent committee ruling on this sort of thing. And considering the fact that they are independent from the NCAA and the fact that they're done after this particular ruling, I think this is mainly just a hey, we've got to, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's before we close up shop and, and completely disband. The other reason, and you mentioned this too, the other reason why I have a hard time thinking that these punishments are going to be severe at all is because the University of Kansas, while they were defiant at first, they also had some self-imposed penalties that they put on themselves. The suspension for Bill Self, the suspension for Curtis Townsend, uh, they voluntarily gave up scholarships for a period of time. Uh, and, and so they have shown, and whether or not you agree with the level of the self-imposed penalties, they have at least, you would think, shown some kind of contrition to go ahead and, and impose those penalties on themselves. I don't think we're going to see a scenario where wins are being vacated, where championships are being vacated, banners are being pulled down. I don't see anything that will... Um, have any kind of impact on the current players in the program. I think if there's anything, we may see another suspension for Bill Self. We may see another suspension for Curtis Townsend. You know, they, they have voluntarily given up those scholarships for a period of time. Maybe that is extended a little bit longer. That's really all I can see happening out of this. I don't see this being a major like watershed moment for the program where all of a sudden we're talking about wins and final fours and championships being vacated from this team. So let's take this piece by piece on the potential outcomes. Make no mistake, KU is very strategic in what it self-imposed. Basically, you see what has happened other places and you try and essentially self-impose that to get out ahead of this and make the decision easy, right? Right. Like we, we look, we saw what happened. We just were, we went ahead and we did it and, you know, we're done. But that's not because they feel contrition. It's because they're trying to avoid a doomsday scenario. 
it's very strategic in nature. I agree with it, by the way. I think it's not a bad play. Um, the so so the best case scenario, I suppose. And again, I'm speaking a little out of turn on this because I'm guessing at legal proceedings, I don't have an intimate knowledge of. But just like observing again what's happened in other places. So that's best case scenario. They come in and they say, "Yep, self-imposed. That was good enough. We're done. We're clear. Don't do it. You know, whatever." Yeah. I think the next tier of things would be further suspensions for the coaches, right, who who were there when this happened. I know the players that are there now weren't, but the coaches were. So you could see further suspensions and taking the self-imposed another step further, doubling down on it, whatever that is. I think that's probably the next tier. The tier after that would be vacating wins. I heard somebody, uh, one of the guys in the office said yesterday, like, KU fans really going to be that disappointed if we have to forget about the Villanova game in the Final Four, <laughs> like, which was really funny. But that would be essentially that. But right? it's a you Final Four appearance wins. that you could, that, you know, you'd be you vacate away. the wins from that season. You pull that right. banner down. Nobody actually cares. Yeah, and, and you I move don't, on but with I, but I don't life. see that happening. I honestly, I, don't I'm not see saying that. that being I, the case. I, yeah, I, I'm not saying it will or it won't. I think these are just the possible outcomes here. So that would be the next tier, and then that final tier in a worst case scenario for KU would be what happened to Oklahoma State when they had, you know, Cade Cunningham there would be a postseason ban because this is a team that is going to be favored, one of the two or three favorites to win a national championship year. That would be the worst. Now, I don't think that's going to happen either. I, I It will be uh, nice to see this clear so you can just eliminate that from the equation because that's always been sort of the dark cloud lingering in the corner on all of this. I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. And and so until the ruling comes down, you just are like, okay, well, you know, maybe who knows. The the other thing is in this, and this is where I think a part of KU's strategy has been really solid to drag this out. And I don't know if this was intentional or not. The optics of this case are far different in 2023 than yep. they were in 2017. Now, basically what happened if filtered and funneled through the NIL would would more or less be fine. You know, at the time, you you can you can look at this either in reality or with you know with blinders on. This kind of stuff happens everywhere. Like this is stuff that's gone on for eternity at big programs, not just in basketball, but in football and everywhere else. Right? Like, okay, like we're either we're either gonna you know be naive or not, and I don't think most people are naive. Well, now that whole train of thought has changed anyway. So I don't know if that plays into a decision that's made today, but it probably does because these are humans making the decision. Right. Um, and so that's another thing that I think KU has done really well in this. And if you wonder why they would do those things, let's say hypothetically that there was foul play here. Okay. KU by design fought that, and this is the reason why. And Oklahoma State, who just said, you know what, let's just be done with this, is the reason why schools can't do that in the old version of the NCAA. I don't know what any of this looks like moving forward, but we still, like, this is still based on back then, even though it's happening now. So KU has put together, I think, a strong defense in all of this to try and avoid the postseason ban. That has always been the priority, right? Like, that is that is the end game. If you avoid that, no matter what else happens, if you avoid that in all of this, 
you've won to me if you're KU. Like, Bill Self gets suspended for games. You vacate. Like, all of those scenarios, as long as the the postseason ban doesn't happen or you don't get something crazy like a season-long suspension of coaches, which, again, unlikely, not saying that I'm just saying, like, KU will will have done a good job navigating this. Okay, so I think that there is a 99.9999% chance that there is not a postseason ban for Kansas out of this. And I'll, I'll give you two words as to why I think that's the case. Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson committed to the University of Kansas, transferred from Michigan for his final year, or I guess what everybody assumes to be his final year of, of playing college basketball. On May 4th of 2023, the uh, University of Kansas had their hearing in front of the IARP in April. So Dickinson committed after the hearing happened. It's been like six months since the Jayhawks, since Bill Self and all of that, they were in front of that committee. I have a really difficult time believing that a player of the stature of Hunter Dickinson, who was the top transfer in the transfer portal, would commit to Kansas when there were all these other offers if there was any shred of possibility that he would not get to play in the postseason. And I think that Bill Self, I, I can't imagine that Bill Self would have said, oh, you know what, we're not going to get a postseason ban when in the, if in the back of his mind he thought we might get a postseason ban. Like, I think that Bill Self would probably be honest and say, look, we don't know. We don't know what the committee is going to decide. Want to be straight up with you. We don't want to, you know, if you've got offers from places like Villanova and Kentucky and other places like that, man, like you might want to consider that. I think that he's a stand up enough guy to have that conversation. So I have a really hard time thinking if there was any kind of indication after that hearing that there would be a postseason ban that then Hunter Dickinson would commit to the Jayhawks. I have a hard time believing that. A couple of. I think flaws there. Okay. Uh, Cade Cunningham was in a similar boat with Oklahoma state. That'd be one. Now they're not apples to apples. I know this is not an apples to apples situation, but let's be careful downplaying how badly bill self wants to win because they're in this situation to begin with for that desire. They were willing to bring Arterio Morris in with his flaws. So I don't want to, I don't think that that's fair to say that they wouldn't bring Hunter Dickinson in if they thought there was any chance for a ban because they 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 do want to win badly. And so I, right. I don't they but may you not, also have to do you have to do right by the player. Like we got to be you have to do yeah, right well, by the person, right? You got to do right by the university too in the Arterio Morris situation will get swept under the rug, but that is a big fat black eye. I mean, sure. that is a horrible situation. And the fact that they're in this situation to begin with, even though, again, like, I got, I don't care if Adidas handed those kids a big old fat bag of money and it was funneled through Bill Self. I don't care about any of that. Do not care. Don't have any issue with it. No problem with it whatsoever. And and people can throw stones at me. I like to live in reality of how things work and especially how things worked back then. But I don't want to to say, like, well, KU would never, you know, steer Hunter Dickinson wrong. I mean, KU may think nothing's going to happen. They may hope nothing's going to happen, but I don't think they're making any guarantee. The KU wants to win. Bill Self By wants the way, to win. I just want to point out, Cade Cunningham committed to Oklahoma State before the postseason ban was right. enforced. 
Right. It was very so he, close, though, and and it was lingering. The potential of it was lingering when he committed. Sure. He committed there so, because his what was his brother on the staff or something? His yeah. brother in law, whatever it was. Right. So I mean, again, it's not apples to apples. Also, we know historically the NCAA rules with an iron fist, and this committee, in theory, is supposed to be away from any kind of implication of bias that the NCAA right. might it's have appointed by the against schools. the program. Right. Like the schools so, have a part in that. So, I mean, I think that, again, like I, I understand the comparison. It is different in that scenario where, you know, Cade Cunningham committed. Then the postseason ban came in where it had been lingering and there there have been rumblings that there might be a postseason ban. I just don't I don't think that that's and you mentioned like that's kind of the the nuclear uh, option, nuclear option for the Jayhawks and what the penalties might be. I just don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see vacated wins either. happening either. Ultimately, what I think is going to come down with this my gut tells me we may see an additional suspension for yeah, Bill Self and Curtis Townsend. We may see an extension of a loss of scholarships moving forward for maybe another year or two. And we may see the team and the university have to pay a fine. Ultimately, well, that's probably what I think. That's probably what I think the penalties are going to be. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that it's going to be anything further than that. I don't. I, I agree. If I, if you if you ask me what I think will happen, I think we will see further suspensions only because the amount of level one violations charged are higher than what we saw at some of the other places. But here's the other part of even that is we don't know if that's if the IARP is going to agree with that. Those are just the charges against KU. So right. maybe they don't. Maybe they don't agree with the, that assessment. They anyway. could walk away and just say, look, because of how different the landscape is in college basketball now and knowing that, you know, everything has loosened up quite a bit as far as compensation I, is concerned and NIL yeah, and know. things like that, we're, we're just going to wipe it away. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, they, I could, they could very well I don't say— even, I don't understand the law well enough to know that. Like, if you have to rule based on what was then— I, right. I have no—I have, I'm not, I have a clue there— um, it's just it's it's crazy that it's taken this long. And for me, from the very beginning of this, because I read through when this all came down, like I was, I think I was still a a news reporter. How long ago has this been? Anyway, it's like been a I long was time. digging into this, and we pull up this investigation, and like the first thing that jumps off the page to me as I'm looking at it again, and I don't pretend to be a legal scholar or understand the law well. Like that's not my cup of tea. But I'm like, guys, the FBI's painting KU as a victim in what they're saying. Like, KU is right. literally being painted as a victim of fraud in this case against Adidas and these in these reps. And so, like, I, I've I've always just sort of in 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 the beginning, KU was you know very stern, and it's like, look right here at the investigation, NCAA. Yep. Like now, is that reality? Are they really fraud? You know, victims of fraud. I don't know. Ken, and uh, we'll pull this comment back up. Says I probably I have on blue colored glasses, but I agree with Ku that it's a stretch that the Adidas dude was a booster. It's not a stretch that Adidas was involved in recruiting a player, Ken. Like it, you know, you can define it however you want, but also understand that. And I don't want to name any schools. I'm not. Uh, lots of schools. And big-time programs do this and have done this for a long, long time. And college athletes have been getting paid under the table for my entire life based on what I hear from people uh, who are in that world. 
it's different now and we're finally embracing it. But again, like I, I this is the part of it that's kind of strange to me, Tommy. Like there's still a defiance among the fan base, like that nothing happened. Guys, let I mean, let's be real about the situation. Right. Who cares is a fine response, which is where I land. Like something happened and I don't care at all. And no, the kids now don't need to be punished for it. But the reality is it was a it, the, the system was broken. So if if people were manipulating the system, and just generally speaking now, not to specifics of anything because I don't have direct knowledge of it, but I do know enough in talking to people and former athletes and everything, guys are getting, getting paid forever, right? So like I, – and I had a problem with the system, so I don't care that it happened if it did happen. It makes me no difference. Right. It means nothing to me. And it's been fairly well documented in the in the trials and the investigations and all of this that, at least in the case of Adidas, Adidas went to great lengths to try to make sure that at least the head coaches of these different programs did not know the extent did not of what kind know, of— right. Did not directly yep. know. And, and again, whether or not you believe that, I, I don't know. I mean, did Bill Self know? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I don't again, know. I don't care. But, I don't care because it's been well documented that the the company went to these extreme lengths to make sure that the coaches didn't know about that. The other thing to keep in mind in all of this is the player that the majority of these allegations center around is Zion Williamson, who did not play a single game for the University of Kansas. He didn't end up committing to the University of Kansas. So we're talking about a Silvio lot of like Sosa was pretty directly involved here. Well, he, right. He did it, play I mean, games but I'm but I'm saying the major like the the corruption scandal with Adidas really basically centers on Zion Williamson and his recruiting his recruitment to various schools uh, around the country. And so, you know, again, like if 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 Kansas is being punished for a player that ultimately didn't come to the school and play for them, I'm not exactly sure how that tracks. But I, again, like I, I think that this is something that it's going to close the door on it. It's going to close the book on it. I have a hard time thinking it's going to be severe. It's so crazy that we're still dealing with this. Like it's been six years. Why do these things take this long? That's what I don't understand. The hearing like, for Kansas with the in front the of the panel of the, happened in April. It's been six months between the, the hearing rest of and the, the world does not get to operate this way. Like I, I, I have learned so many things becoming a business owner, and one of the most striking and painful parts of that for me, who has worked in a daily deadline business for the last twenty years, is that when you get into, uh. Two, two areas that I've noticed it the most, right? Banks and lawyers, things don't move at a normal societal pace. Billable and I hours, don't, right? I mean, that's I, what it comes down I to. I do not understand it, and it, it is maddening, and it's, it's a me problem. I've said this before. My lack of patience yeah. is a me problem. But when, like, this happened six years ago, Six right. years ago. And and like, what is so complicated about this? Why is this so hard? Do what you're going to do and be done with it. Yep. Uh, let me give you a quick timing update. So this comes out from Henry Greenstein, who is uh, the sports editor for the Lawrence Journal World. He says that the decision on the infractions will come out at 1 p.m. Central Time with the press conference an hour later. So we won't know while we're on the air It'll be at 1 o'clock this afternoon when the decision will come out. 
and then a press conference will happen at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So that'll be something we have to talk about tomorrow. It just seems to me like you could have got everybody in room here. Like, who's on the panel? All right, here's what happened at these places. Here's what's being charged. You've made your case. What do we think? I don't know. Another four-game suspension? Sound good to everybody? All right, let's go get lunch. Like, that's how the rest of us operate. Like, you got to make right. decisions. Like, you got you to gotta move on. No wonder this panel is disbanding. Good Lord. Like, NCAA, it takes you six years to rule on something like this? Jeez, like, just get this behind us. So we'll be here to talk about it tomorrow then, I guess, uh, as we make our way through that decision that comes down, as Tommy just said, being reported at 1 o'clock today. I think everybody's okay in KU world right now. I don't think anybody's panicking. I don't think there's a reason to panic. But for KU fans, it'll be nice when this, if it's, you know, not a postseason ban, if it's literally anything else besides a postseason ban, you can breathe a sigh of relief and be done with it and move on. Uh, all right, Tommy, let's and we'll do some of this in the second hour too. Um, what are we thinking tomorrow night? I I don't I'm not ready to be thinking about it yet. This Thursday game is sneaking up on me with Chiefs Broncos. Fifteen straight wins for the Chiefs in this series, longest streak of the series. Last time Denver beat Kansas City was the Peyton Manning Super Bowl year of 2015. Um. I'm trying to find reasons Kansas City should be concerned. Some of these games have been very close, to be fair. Uh, It is a short week. Denver has been pretty good offensively this year. But I'm having a hard time finding it. I'm having a hard time. I really think the only risk comes in the short week and comes in getting guys healthy enough to be able to go and be effective. I'm looking at Travis Kelsey as an example. I know he's going to play. It's a divisional matchup at home in primetime. I mean, the guy's not going to be kept off the field, um, but I don't know how effective he's going to be with that that low ankle sprain that he suffered on Sunday. That's really the only thing. That's really the only thing would just be the amount of time between Sunday's game and Thursday's game and and getting guys ready to go for that. I don't have a ton of concern. Uh, The Broncos' defense, as we all know, is awful. Uh, It's an opportunity for the Chiefs offense to get right again. And they had the same opportunity a few weeks ago when they played the the Bears coming off of the first two games of the season where offensively it really wasn't clicking. They played a pretty bad Bears defense and got right in that scenario at home. This is another opportunity for them to do so. Um, They've got to take advantage of it. They've got to figure out exactly the best way to play that complimentary football between Isaiah Pacheco and then if they can get the wide receivers going. But really, I'm kind of with you. I don't have a ton of major concerns in this game other than the fact that it's a divisional game and weird things happen when the Chiefs play in primetime against divisional opponents. Well, and Thursday nights are weird, right? Like, that's that's yep. not new. Um, it, it is, I, you know, I kind of think it is, if the Chiefs struggle offensively in this one against this defense who nobody has struggled against, even on a short week, I think that's the point where I'm beginning to have some bigger picture concerns about the yeah. offense, which I've just sort of been like, ah, they just need time, right? Even with Kelsey hobbled, even with all that stuff, if they don't come out and, you know, it doesn't have to be as like quite like it was against the Bears. I'm not saying that, but it needs to be better. It needs to be better. Yeah, the best thing that the Chiefs can do against the Broncos is start off the game extremely fast. I want to see them jump out to a 14 nothing lead, a 21-3 lead, whatever that looks like. If they if they can get out quick and they can take advantage of the bad Denver defense 
And then, you know, at, at that point, lean on Pacheco and run the ball. That's going to be the best case scenario in my mind. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Kevin Saul, Wichita State's athletic director, joins us here on Sports Daily. We'll have it next for you, Shocker fans. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.